Shut up and sit down. Hi, my name is Adrienne, and I am thrilled and honored to welcome you to Season 4 of the Black Women in Europe podcast. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been four years of telling our stories, shining our lights, and keeping it real. Do they even say that anymore? Anyway, we're glad you're here, and keep coming back. Nine months till the election, people! Yes, nine months left to the election. And what does that have to do with our Black Women Europe podcast season of healing? You may ask, well, if you happen to be an American woman living in Europe right now, you may be worried about the health of your home country. The United States is not doing well right now. And voting is possibly one way to help her get better. So this episode is dedicated to helping you get ready to vote in the presidential elections in the United States. And this is one of uh, more episodes we'll do. Um, But nine months, people. Shut up. So before we tackle 2024, let's take a quick look back at uh, the overseas vote in 2020. There are nearly 3 million U.S. citizens living in other countries who are eligible to vote in the November election. There are signs of a massive voter turnout overseas. Expats are taking advantage of a long-established international absentee ballot system. Some of them are also worried about voter fraud and disruption from the coronavirus. Elizabeth Palmer in London reports on voters' anxiety mixed with determination to have their say. And lift off. It turns out Americans don't even have to be earthbound to vote. On their way to the International Space Station. U.S. astronaut Kate Rubens, who blasted off last Wednesday, will cast her absentee ballot with a little help from Mission Control from the International Space Station. I think it's really important for everybody to vote. And if we can do it from space, uh, then I believe folks can do it from the ground, too. That's what Alex Colton is doing from her home in London. It's super important. I feel like every vote counts. Are you voting in a state where you think it could make a difference? I would certainly hope so. I'm, I'm from Georgia. This is the blank ballot you can see here. Absentee voting is nothing new for U.S. expats. The system has been running smoothly for decades, but this year, demand is through the roof, says Susan Dedushishka-Swinat, who runs the U.S. Vote Foundation. As so many different crises hit the U.S., overseas citizens became more and more aware of what was going on and wanted to participate. Have you got any idea how many more overseas ballots will be returned this year than in previous years? Our sentiment is that uh, in regards to 2016, it will probably be about double. The New question Supreme is, Justice, the radical question, left, will you shut up, your, man? Listen, but the bitterly contested 2020 election has American expats feeling some stress. 
Now the question is, do I trim the page or don't I trim the page? Janet Fisher from New York read and reread the instructions for the ballot she printed at home. If it wasn't 100% perfect, I thought they would discount my vote. And I feel very passionate about voting in this particular ele election. Aaron Stacer is from Michigan. I'll be able to watch it and uh, refresh every day until I see that it's been signed for. <sighs> it's done. Now I just wait. Susan Mumford is registered this in Arkansas. I did receive my official absentee balloting materials which makes me feel a lot better about the current voting situation. Alex's ballot should have come by mail too, but it didn't show up. I didn't receive my ballot and I've spoken to two other Americans as well that have been living here and they didn't receive theirs either. So lost in the mail, I'm not sure. She was able to register online and print her ballot, but it's shaken her faith. Do you have more concerns this time than in other US elections? I do feel more skeptical than I have in the past. Hmm. But you're doing it anyway. Of course I am. In the lobby of the U.S. Embassy in London, there's a special mailbox. Some Americans rattled by changes to the U.S. Postal Service, allegations of fraud, and of course, COVID chose to post their ballots here. One was Patricia Wynn. How confident are you that your vote will be counted in the long run? I think it's really worrying that we actually start to question these institutions and that we are worried about things like whether our vote will count. Those votes could be decisive in battleground states, and that's spurring expat voters on. After all, you have to be in it to win it. I'm about to send in my ballot and hope it gets there on time. Going to Plymouth, Michigan. It's got about four stamps on it. I just hope it makes it through the U.S. postal system and it's actually counted at the other end. So, Alex, what are you thinking now? I've done my duty. It's gone into the universe and my fingers are crossed. For CBS This Morning, I'm Elizabeth Palmer in London. I'll link that CBS uh, news story in the show notes. And next, listen to a message this year from a former ambassador to Canada, Bruce Heyman, uh, especially for Americans in this voting season. This is a message to Americans who live outside the United States. All of you are eligible to vote. You may not realize it, but you have the ability to vote and be a participant in the upcoming presidential race. Go to votefromabroad.org, register now. We saw what happened last night. MAGA's taken over the GOP. We need to ensure that an insurrectionist, a person who is going to do his very best to destroy the democracy, which we've come to love and cherish so much since the founding of our country, protections of women's rights, protections of those uh, who are different, Go to votefromabroad.org, register now, and be a participant. Okay, so Ambassador Heyman was not pulling any punches about why he thinks it's important for you to cast your vote from abroad. Now, listen to this clip about African Americans in 2024, our participation in politics um, as far as getting elected to office. How far has this nation come when you can count the number of black governors on one hand, 
takes a few more fingers for the House of Representatives, but not so many for the Senate. Each year this time, we hear the song, We Shall Overcome. Each year this time, we ask, when it comes to politicians, have we? The number of African Americans participating in the political system is on the rise. It's been a long time coming, but tonight, because of what we did on this day, in this election, at this defining moment, change has come to America. At this point, we have more representation than we've ever had in the history of this country. But while Barack Obama making it to the White House could be the high watermark, it's definitely not the whole story. That movement started decades before Barack Obama. And I think that because the fervent ground was built in city after city and state after state of very successful black people who, in many cases, they were running, they didn't always win. However, they launched campaigns that made sense. Of all the major political institutions, it is Congress, the House of Representatives, that most reflects the diversity of America. 61 members of the House are African American, that's about 13%, which is very close to the population as a whole. The wave of social justice movements has brought in a lot more uh, black representatives than we've seen previously. We saw a lot of young people, a lot of women and, uh, and uh, millennials and quite frankly, even some Gen Z members. But other political institutions are not so inclusive. I think black people have always been involved in politics. Uh, politics has not always wanted to involve black people. The Senate has only four black members, 12 in the history of the institution. On the state level, there is currently only one black governor. I, Wesley Watende Omari Moore. Wes Moore of Maryland. And bear true allegiance to the state of Maryland. To the state of Maryland. To be sure, any progress that has been made has been hard earned. The state of black representation is, it's better than it has been, but it's not as good as it could be. As with anything, whenever um, progress is made, we see the goalposts being moved back. We have to continue to recognize that when people are making it harder, that that means they recognize we are making progress. In less than two decades, um, we are going to be a majority brown country. That puts a, a different meaning behind who our representatives happen to be, but also a bigger voice as to why it's so important that our diversity reflect um, not only the population, but also the views and the policies that the population, uh, people of color would like to see. What does the future look like? We've seen time and time again where there has been a, uh, a couple of miles of success for black people followed in short order by at least 300 miles of taking us back. That has been the push and pull of this nation since the dawn of black Americans getting here in chains. We, we continue to vote in, in national elections and we vote in large turnout and expect that the president is going to be the end all. The president is going to fix all the problems. But these issues do not get addressed without the masses actually letting their voices be heard. Because this is not only a fight for civil rights for black people and access for black people. If we fall, so do so many other populations because where black people receive access and achievement, we also uplift other votes. Policies, practices that benefit black people typically also benefit other groups. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once wrote, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. It appears that is the case with politics as well. So once again, both sides are courting the black vote. What black voters have to decide is which side is history on. Looking back at the past might make it easier to look ahead to the future. I'll link that script news story in the show notes. And now listen to some Trump black 
black Trump supporters. So Maurice, uh, thank you very much for joining us. We just want to have a sense of why uh, you decided to be here today and what this uh, proceedings or arraignment that is going to happen in a few hours mean to you as a black for Trump. Uh, well, what it means to me is uh, give me liberty or give them death. It means I'm, I'm demanding freedom. Uh, I demand equity. This whole, this whole thing is unfair because everything that Jack Smith is charging Trump with, Biden is guilty of 300 times worse. Going into the Capitol and all that, all of that's fake. That's the people's house. We're supposed to be able to go in there anyway. That's the first problem. And then for them to say that uh, Trump said something out of his mouth when they know the presidential act says even a congressman, a senator, like Adam Schiff lied, all these lies, he got the evidence, he got this, Bush lied. When I talked to you about the indictment um, and referred to you said that, uh, you know, the storming of the Capitol was fake, are you saying that the images that was broadcast on that particular day on television didn't exist? Is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is they staged that whole thing. I have, you can go on my, my website. Who staged what? Can I finish? Go ahead. I was here on, on January 6th, I was at that building right there called uh, the, the Russell Building. I made a speech there. After the speech, I walked to the White House, which is a 45 minute walk from here. I had these brothers with me, most of them anyway. And as we walked down, we heard combustion bombs already going off. Trump wasn't even on stage yet. They was already attacking the White House, I mean the Capitol. So this is how you know it's all fake, stupid, stinking so lies. Is that, Can uh, I finish? Go ahead. And then when we got down there, Trump was Trump was just getting on stage. Rudy Giuliani had just gotten off after we already heard all the attacks. We made a left and went to Constitution. And then we stood there and took pictures with everybody who was leaving Trump's speech. At no time did I hear Trump say, go march in. Maurice, so, but is that is that not what the arraignment is supposed to do? Is this not to give him the opportunity to defend the case. My question to you is why you decided to be here today. I don't today. need the opportunity to be free. See, see what y'all expect us to do is answer you, but you don't answer me. Biden don't answer no damn questions. Are you, so, not, are you not free? No, we're not free. How so? Right, right now, because Jack Smith can just arrest one of us off of his thought, outside of what the law says. That's not freedom. Freedom is acting under the law so that you can be free to do business without the fear of people just creating something and putting you away like they did black men during the time of sharecropping. They just created stuff. Oh, you can't walk across the street. What scripture says but, that? But but is Jack you know, Smith not working according to what the law prescribes? He has no, been commissioned he's a, he's independently a, to produce what he's produced. He hasn't produced nothing. He just said that Trump kept the law. Trump is the one that's the president. Like that stupid law they said, he took presidential records. They know that Clinton took records that are more, way more damaging, atomic weapons, all of that stuff. He put it in his sock drawer. Alrighty now. Okay, I'll link that Voice of Africa story in the show notes as well. Now, listen to what Biden supporters, Black Biden supporters in South Carolina are saying about the president. The Democratic presidential primary campaign begins tomorrow in South Carolina for the first time ever. 
The vote may be important, an important test for the support of President Biden, especially with black voters who helped revive his campaign four years ago. Nicole Killian is talking with voters in Columbia, South Carolina. Southern hospitality on full display as South Carolina hosts the first sanctioned Democratic primary in the country with early voting already underway. Thank you, South Carolina! In 2020, an endorsement from Congressman Jim Clyburn catapulted President Biden to frontrunner status. He swept the state, winning 48% of the vote in the primary and 60% of the black vote. I wouldn't be here without the Democratic voters of South Carolina, and that's a fact. The president and vice president have made multiple trips to the state to target black voters, but support may be softening. A recent CBS News poll shows 77 percent of black voters would back the president in a potential general election rematch with former President Trump, down 10 points from 2020. I want to talk about why it's so important that you get out and vote. At this Greenville church, Pastor Curtis Johnson is worried about a potential lack of enthusiasm. How concerned are you that people will sit this election out? I'm very concerned about it. I am concerned that so many of our community, and I understand feeling that some of the issues that are more relevant to us are not being addressed. We met with some members of his congregation who were split on their support, including independent voter Shannon Sloan. Who did you support in 2020? Joe Biden. Why not vote for him again? Well, I'm just trying to see if there's, does he have any new ideas? I was actually looking for something new, but I did support Biden. Does Joe Biden excite you? Honestly, no politician really excites me. I do like how Joe Biden is taking the country and he doesn't get enough credit for it. To have two octetarians go and be our only candidates um, and consider them to be strong candidates is very difficult. I will be voting for Joe Biden. Um, not that I agree with everything that's taken place, but he is the better candidate. The Biden campaign says it doesn't take any voter for granted and has been making investments since last summer to reach voters of color. Today, Vice President Harris will be back here in South Carolina to meet with faith leaders and headline a campaign rally before tomorrow's primary. Jerika? All right, Nicole Killian for us in South Carolina. Thank you. By the way, did you see the Robert Kennedy Jr. ad during the Super Bowl? Well, apparently there's been some backlash from his family and beyond. So in case you didn't um, see it, I'll link it in the show notes and you can take a listen now. want a man for president who's seasoned through and through a man who's old enough to know and young enough to do well it's up to you it's up to you it's strictly up to you american value 2024 is responsible for the content of this advertisement hey we hope you enjoyed that episode from season four and we look forward to seeing you next time until then be well